going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Andre Hutchins, as usual, and you are listening to episode 105 of the Backseat Directors podcast. To all of our longtime listeners, welcome back. To any new listeners who might be joining us for the first time, welcome to the show. Backseat Directors is a podcast dedicated to the celebration of all things movies. Um, on today's episode, we've got a great episode for you guys today. Honestly, I- I'm joined by a brand new guest. His name is Robert, joining me all the way from Scotland. I know you guys are probably thinking, what's up with these UK guys? But you know what? We've got great movie fans coming from the UK. But Robert and I connected on Twitter uh, earlier this year, and uh, he runs a great Twitter account. Um, we'll-, we'll get into that discussion in just a little bit. Um, but uh, today's episode, we're just going to talk all things Zack Snyder, DCEU, and the seven-year anniversary of Man of Steel in theaters. So I hope you guys enjoy the show. Uh, if you guys like the podcast, I would love to hear from you. Please leave the podcast a review, whether it's on iTunes or any other podcasting platform. Again, if you're new, you can find this podcast and you can tell your friends and family all about us. Tell them that we're on Apple Podcasts or if they prefer Spotify or if they like Stitcher or if they like Google Play, whichever it is, you can find us literally anywhere. Also, if you want to reach out to us online, just go to BackseatDirectors.com. We're also on every social media platform, namely uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Yeah, we even have a LinkedIn account, so uh, you can find us really anywhere. Um, But yeah, you guys, thanks so much again. I really appreciate the support. Thanks so much for downloading today's episode. Uh, If you want to reach out to me directly, just shoot me an email. Uh, My email address is Andre at BackseatDirectors.com. That's spelled A-N-D-R-E. Andre at BackseatDirectors.com. All right, let's go ahead and get on with the show and welcome Robert to the podcast. All right, listeners, uh, we're back and we've got a new guest on the show, um, a guest that I'm very excited to introduce all of you to. Um, this guy, he's actually uh, someone that I've been chatting with more and more recently on Twitter. That's how we got to know each other. Um, but, uh, without further ado, Robert, I just want to welcome you on the podcast. So Robert, welcome to the Backseat Directors podcast. Thank you very much. It's great to be here and it's lovely to be able to chat to you finally. Well, I'm really excited to have you on. And now I I know you, you warned me, you warned me, you said, you said I've got a really thick Scottish Scottish accent. <laughs> so I, I think I said that I've got a really horrible Scottish accent. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I I love so your I accent. I apologise to all your your listeners. Sorry about that. No, no, not at all. all now, every, every time I hear all, all you you guys with your lovely American accents, it's so smooth and nice. Then I've get like just this. Oh, it's, it's horrible. You know, it's just it's just horrible. No, but see, but I <laughs> but, think I think most people in the U.S. we actually think the opposite. We think. I, we think most most British accents between you know between England you know Wales Scotland even even Irish accents I, I think most people yeah. in the US really really like British accents I'm serious I'm serious so but well, I, 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 I don't want I my don't... listeners to get confused though because because and I can tell the difference at least because I've been I've known my my buddy Ryan who is the normal co-host for my show um, yeah. his accent is very different than yours even though he still lives in the UK. He doesn't live in Scotland, and so there is a difference. I just didn't want our listeners to get confused. <laughs> well, Robert, I, I'm really excited to have you on, man. You know, you and I, we connected over a mutual love of Zack Snyder and um, just kind of our our support of 
the release the Snyder Cut movement. And so we'll, we can get into this conversation here in just a bit because I do want you to talk about your work on, on Twitter and also on other social media accounts that you might have regarding Zach versus the comics. Um, but before we get into that, though, before we get into that, um, with every new guest that I have, Robert, I have a, a five questions that I call the get to know you questions. And this is a way for one for me to get to know you better and also for our listeners to understand what kind of movie fan you are. Um, so I'm ready for question number one. Are you? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Sounds good, Robert. Okay. Question number one is what is your desert island movie? Meaning if you're going to be marooned on an island, say for a year, and there's only one movie you can take with you, what is that movie? Uh, it would have to be, and this would be a surprise to you. It would be Batman v Superman, but it would be the ultimate edition of it's, Batman v Superman. It, it's got to be the ultimate edition. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the, the good thing about that is if I was trapped in a desert island, by the time I've actually finished the movie, then somebody would probably have rescued me because it was on for so long. <laughs> But, but it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's just a movie I can watch over and over, and I, I, I don't tire of watching it at all, ever. It's one of those movies that every time you watch it, at least for me, I feel like I pick up on something new that I didn't notice yes. before. Every time. Yeah. Every time. I, I actually I picked up something. I watched it. I introduced my daughter to it. Um, what did it? Sunday? It's Saturday, sorry. And... Uh, me and my daughter watched it, and I seen something new again, and I was just like, I did not notice that was there. Um, and I'll tell you what it was. It was a statue, and it was behind Senator Finch at one point, Ooh. and it's a gold statue. And I was like, who is that? Because I've got a cape on, and I, I actually can't tell. I'm going to have to put it on Vero and ask Zach, because it's either Superman, but I didn't think it looked like Superman. Or maybe, and if oh, I don't even want to say this because it it blow everyone's mind if it was, it could be Ozymandias from Watchmen. Whoa! Just like a little yeah. Easter egg, that would be incredible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's like a huge statue, and I've watched this movie I don't know how many hundreds of times, and I just seen it, and because you're always focused on what Santa Finch is saying, and all of a sudden it was in the background, and I was like, do you know it might be. I don't know if you remember Liberace, but mm-hmm. um, it might be it might just be a statue of Liberace in the background because it's somebody with a big cape. But I, I don't know who it was. But I, I'll, 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 I'm going to put a post up in Vero and I'll, I'll see if Zach will comment on it. Or if not, I might be totally blind and somebody else will be like, oh no, it was so-and-so. No, and but you, you got to do it anyway because this is the thing that I've I've learned and, and you're probably much more actually knowledgeable regarding kind of Zack Snyder's um, style in filming and stuff like that because I I, I love BVS um, but I've definitely not seen it a hundred times so (laughs) Um, but one thing that I do know about Zack and especially regarding Batman v Superman is that every decision made in that movie was made for a purpose and made with a purpose and so even even minute details like a a statue in in the background even though it's something that most people would not even notice. Well, even, I guess you, even you say you've seen the movie a hundred times and you're just now noticing it. I mean, so, you know, people that saw it in the theaters, you know, these, these are things that they would never, ever really recognize, but everything that he does, it's done with a purpose. And so I, I bet you, and I hope you do, I hope you maybe reach out to Monviro and, and, and see if he can get a response. Um, 
but that I, there's got to be a reason behind it. So I'd love, I'd yeah. love that. That'd be very cool. <laughs> yeah. And so, and, but listeners, listeners, just like Robert said, though, this is the ultimate edition. I like to pretend like that there actually is no other version of this movie. So if you guys <laughs> have not seen the ultimate edition and in our, this little conversation of BVS is interesting you, uh, then you need to go out and watch the ultimate edition. So, well, Robert, great answer for question. Number one, let's move to question. Number two, question. Number two is what is your favorite movie theater snack? So Robert, when you are there in the cinema, what is the thing that you like to crunch? Do you like to munch on? (laughs) (laughs) A chocolate, just chocolate, any kind of chocolate. I'm good, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you something. And I'm not meaning to put you down, but, American chocolate does not taste the same as British chocolate. <laughs> it tastes totally different. So, like, I've tried. I was in Las Vegas last year, and uh, the chocolate is not the same. I don't know what they've done to it over there, but you are missing out. You are really missing out. Over here, chocolate tastes incredible. Now, see that so, that that's definitely not offensive to any American because no. I, I think I think most Americans understand that chocolate. Pretty much anywhere in the world is better than what we really? have in yeah. the U.S. <laughs> Everything here is just milk chocolate. I mean, that's that's yeah. what you know most most candy bars and what most people you know consume in terms of chocolate. It's usually milk <laughs> chocolate, and it's yeah Hershey's. That's like yeah, you know that's that's the American chocolate. So no no offense taken. Okay, but no no specific no specific kind of chocolate. Just whatever. Whatever British chocolate, as long as it's not American yeah. chocolate, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that would do me. <laughs> okay, that's great. Okay, question number three, Robert. What is the first movie that made you cry? Do you know, I think it was E.T. Nice. When, but I was, I was very young. I was very young at the time, but I remember crying to it because I just found it very, very sad when E.T. went home. But I, I, was, I was very young, but I've cried to many more movies since then. So but that's, I think that's the earliest one I remember. <laughs> no, that that's great, man. No, that's great. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure I was too young to have seen that in theaters, but that is a movie I grew up with. I watched that a lot as a kid. And there are a lot of emotional scenes in that movie. Yeah. And I think I think as a kid, those scenes really hit hard. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's great. Good answer. Okay. <laughs> Question number four, Robert. What is your, uh, or do you have a favorite movie director and or actor? So I'm more, you, you, if you want to listen actor, that's fine. I, I feel like mm-hmm. most people usually have a favorite director over an actor. So right. let's hear him, even though I, I think I can guess what your favorite director right. is. Okay. <laughs> right. My number one favorite director is obviously Zack Snyder. Okay. But I've got to give an honorable honorable mention to Gareth Evans, who made The Raid and The Raid 2. Um, I, I, I can't remember, the, the, one of the other movies he did as well, I can't remember the name of it, but his movies, I love the style he does. I think he's amazing as well. I love the, all the fight choreography he uses. He's outstanding. So obviously Zack Snyder's number one, but I do love Gareth Evans as well. No, as that's a, that's a director. That's fantastic. I'm gonna have to check out some of Gareth um Gareth Evans uh, movies because I'm oh. looking at his list right now and mm-hmm. I honestly don't think I've seen any of them. Now I know I know this Whoa. uh back in two thousand eight I know, hey, I know, <laughs> I know. And this, I hate oh. admitting stuff like this, especially because I run a movie <laughs> podcast. And so so when I when I come across, you know, film uh uh, uh filmmakers you know, whose stuff I haven't seen. It, it is very surprising to me, but 
uh, back in 2018, he had a movie called Apostle that came out on Netflix. And this was one that I wanted to see and I never got around to seeing it. Have you seen that one? I've not seen that one. I've so, not seen that one. Yeah, I didn't so, even know that one was out. Yep, back in 2018. So if you have Netflix, right. I, I know that that's a movie that I remember a lot of people talking about. But no, that's great, man. I, I'm already mm. adding these to my list right now. So yeah, I've, I've got some movies to must, catch up on. <laughs> you must watch The Raid and then The Raid 2. They are unmissable movies. They really are. They're outstanding. If you like action movies, yeah, it's not like your typical cheesy, you know, like I'm not a big fan of kind of like, a Fast and Furious type action, you know, yeah. but it's like kind of gritty, real fight scenes. You know, the the fight scenes are I've never seen fight scenes like these in my life. That you'll love them. Have I'm... you ever seen On Back? Mm, I don't. No? I don't think so. Uh uh-uh. uh There's another one. That's not Gareth Evans, but that's another one with amazing fight choreography. On Back. It's O N G B A K. It was out. Oh, I don't know how many years ago. It. 10, 15 years ago or something. Yeah. But those, those three movies are they're, they're outstanding. Okay, well... So I, if you're a martial arts fan, you'll, you'd love them. That's great, man. I've got them added to my list, so I'm going to start with The Raid. Excellent. I'll go to The Raid yeah. too, and then I'll watch Apostle. So if you watch Apostle, yeah. Robert, you got to let me know, yeah. and then we can both talk about that one too. I will do, definitely. <laughs> sounds good, um, sounds good. Also, um, you said about favorite actors. Yeah. And... Uh, I was speaking to you a wee bit earlier on about this, but Michael Keaton, he's one of my favourite actors, and then Kurt Russell as well. And Kurt Russell is basically solely for Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> That's basically the only reason. Just Jack Burton is just incredible. So, like for those those performances, that's. Like that's my kind of favorite actors, my favorite directors. Oh, that's great, man! I actually just watched Big Trouble in Little China oh. just in the last two weeks with my wife. Um, that's that's a fantastic movie. It's, it, it's it, so like, good. It, it encapsulates everything that you love about the eighties, like in one movie. It, yeah. it, it, it's it is such such a great and entertaining movie. It's so fun. Yeah. Um, no, that's great. No, that's great. Yeah, Michael Keaton too. Gosh, yeah, Michael Keaton. I feel like. I feel like he he's he's even just gotten better the older he's gotten and and the longer he's been mm-hmm. in the film industry. I I love Michael Keane. His movies he's, have just been really good. Yeah, he's outstanding. I think, as you say, what the, the older he gets, the better he gets. Yeah. The, the one thing that um, the one scene that caught me that made me a a, a real Michael Keaton fan was in Batman eighty nine, and when the Joker comes into Vicky Vale's apartment mm-hmm. and Michael Keaton grabs the poker and he's, he's like, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. <laughs> and and, and when, when, he, when he did that, it was like, for me, I was like, you know what? He's dressing up as a bat and going fighting vigilantes at night. He would be a psychopath, you know? And uh, that was just the way he did it. And I was like, whoa, it just, it just changed everything. And then from then on, it's hard to find a bad Michael Keaton performance. There's not many. I don't. I don't even know. I can't even name one to be honest. I, but, I think. Um, yeah, I think sorry. one of my one of my favorite movies of his, and I think it's very underrated because I'm not sure how many people really have seen this movie. But if if you have not seen Multiplicity, I oh, think that is yeah. that is Michael Keaton <laughs> at his best. Like really he's at his best. He's brilliant. He's brilliant. <laughs> he's so brilliant in that movie. I mean, he's having to play multiple different characters and it's it's fascinating it's really mm-hmm. good <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he i i, I just love my do you know i saw him 
what was it? It was a Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man movie. Oh, the, as, the, yeah, the first as one a, the, a Vulture, Vulture, yes. the villain, yeah. And honestly, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the the newer Marvel movies, right? I'm not a big fan. And uh, there's a scene with Michael Keaton and Tom Holland in the in the car, and that scene was brilliant. That was really outstanding, and I was like, "Whoa!" He's still got it, you know. He can he can make you feel whatever he wants to make you feel. You know? <laughs> I uh, so. that is that is my favorite scene of the movie, and it is yeah. all because of Michael Keaton. Yeah, I mean, when he turns around and he he basically he's like, "I know who you are, and I will kill you. I will kill everyone oh. you love." And it, it's like, yeah. it's terrifying. <laughs> it really is. It, that is a I, gr- oh yeah. Do you know? I always wanted to see Michael Keaton come back to Batman, but not as Batman. I would love to see him do a version of the Riddler. I think oh. that would be outstanding. Oh. And uh, I would like to see it. You know, have you seen Die Hard three? I have. Yeah. You know how where like there's a there's all the, the kind of it's kind of it's kind of like a Riddler type idea, you know, where it's like uh, is it Jeremy Irons that was in it? I can't remember. I'm forgetting who it was now. But the the main villain that was in it was setting little traps, and he's like, "Oh, there's a bomb in one of these buildings. You'll have to find it," you know. And I was like, Michael Keaton doing that kind of stuff as a Riddler would just blow my mind. I would love, <laughs> I would love to see that. That'd well, you know, awesome. I mean, it, it was like a couple of years ago. I think that there were rumors going around, and maybe it was just fan rumors, just or fans saying this is what we want to see. But uh, <laughs> they were talking about, you know, hey, bring Michael Keaton back, but as a like in a Batman Beyond movie, you know, so he plays old old man Bruce Wayne. Yeah. You know, with uh, with a new um, it, uh, what's what's the new Batman's name in that? Is it Ter- Terry McGinnis? I think Terry McGinnis. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so uh-huh. yeah, no, that that really cool. I never thought about the Riddler, but that now that you mention it, that sounds pretty good. It sounds pretty mm-hmm. good. That's just out my wee warped mind, though. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if that's for everyone, but I just think that'd be all, really cool. <laughs> no, I think so too. I think so too. Okay, let's finish these questions uh, with the last yeah. one. Uh, so Robert, if you could change mm-hmm. the ending of any movie, which movie would it be, and how would you change it? Okay, I think I would uh, right. I would change the end of Infinity War, maybe, but not really change. This is difficult. I wouldn't really change it. What I would do is I would maybe think that when they they do the snap, that's it. That's it. Just finished. You know, and that's how it all ends. I just think that would be amazing. I've, you're Instead you're, you're not back, the first person that's mentioned this to me. You're really? not, yeah. Really? Uh-uh. Because I think my my problem is too many movies just have a happy ending, you yeah. know. And I think sometimes it's good to have not happy ending, you know. I just I just think I I make I make my own comics, and in my comics, like <laughs> there's no happy endings. You know what I mean? It's like I just it ends in a a sour note usually, you know. Yeah. But um, that's. I just feel like there's sometimes this, it's just like you know what's going to happen, you know. And I really, as I said, I'm not a big fan of the Marvel movies of recent, but I really liked Infinity War. I thought that was a good one. I, I loved the way it ended. It was just like oh, because I had my kids and I took them to the cinema, and when when we left, my kids were like, "I don't get it." And I was like, "What don't you get?" And they're like, "Well, what happened to the ones that died?" And I was like. Well, they're dead, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, but obviously, you know they're going to come back in the next movie. But I was like, 
if that next movie, if if what happened with Zack Snyder and Justice League, what they just decided not to make the rest of that movie. I would have been really happy at that. <laughs> yeah. That would have been great, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, th- th- this is actually a really interesting topic because uh, my my regular co-host, Ryan, uh, he and I, we got, we got into the same discussion. Uh, he brought it up regarding the Spider-Man movies, and, and he thought, you know, he, he's he's very, very critical of, of the MCU Spider-Man. Um, yeah. Even though we both love Tom Holland, um, there's... I'm exactly the same. Exactly yeah, the same. I, I, mean, I think I, Tom Holland is brilliant. I think the materials getting just doesn't give me anything to work with. Yeah, yeah, no. So then we we brought the same thing up. So you know, we both thought, um, and it just that that the MCU Spider-Man movies are too watered down, and, mm. and that they're and and he said this exact same thing that you did that that there is no weight to to what is really happening in these movies because everything is just so happy and fine and fun and and if you compare them to the other Spider-Man movies, you know, even both Andrew Garfield and the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, there's yeah. real consequence to yes. to those movies and what's happening and that not everything ends in a happy ending. Like mm-hmm. there's real bad stuff that happens and so he feels that the messages that the Marvel Spider-Man movies and maybe the way that you see it Marvel the MCU as a mm-hmm. whole, it yep. doesn't, it's not teaching kids, you know, good life lessons because everything ends in a happy ending, you know? Yes. And, um, oh, I, I agree. Um, and I think what like, I've read, what like, I've read loads and loads of comic books and a lot of Marvel comic books and they're not, they're not filled with jokes and they're not like happy endings or some of them are really, really, really dark, you know? Um, and you, when you look at like uh, the MCU, it's like uh, Tony Stark's making jokes left, right, and centre. But in the comics, he's an alcoholic, you know. Yeah. And I just, and I, I just prefer that kind of realism. As I, I just think, for me, it's like when you, as you say, when you watch Tobey Maguire or you watch Andrew Garfield, like at the end of the the Amazing Spider-Man Two, you saw what happened. Um, oh, I've forgotten. I've had a mind blank. Uh, Gwen Stacy. Mm-hmm. When Gwen Stacy falls, you know, you see what happens there. And that was like right. at the end of the movie. So that's how that ended. And again, I'm I'm fine with that. That's I thought that was great. But um, when you watch like those movies, as you say, there's consequences, there's a bit of depth. But you watch it in the MCU and they have the same thing. But then a moment where there's a real consequence, a real real heavy consequences are happening. They throw out a little quip, a wee one-liner, and it takes the edge off it. And you just think, oh, it's not really... There's nothing There's nothing for me to be invested, and that's what really gets to me about the MCU these days. It's like... Because yep. I was a huge Marvel fan. I was a huge Marvel fan. And uh, like I could still watch Iron Man 1 any day of the week. I think it's fantastic. And... A good few movies after it were great, but as it goes on, it it just get it becomes farcical. I think they got the part where remember in the Avengers movie, you see the Hulk grabs Loki's feet and just <sighs> smashes him about. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and everybody laughs. Yeah, and I think because everybody spoke about that bit. I think they got the message that, oh, that's what we need. You know, we need it to be jokes. We need it to be jokes all the time. But I think the reason that joke works so well is because 
the, the Hulk was so serious a character, you know, you didn't expect him to make a joke, and that's what made it funny. It's like to me, like you get on a roller coaster, it's got ups and downs, ups and downs. It doesn't just keep going up, you know. It, it's got to come down as well, and that's what I think is missing from the MCU for me. Yeah, no, I I totally agree, and I think I think one of the, the I guess more obvious examples, and this is one of the reasons why I, out of all the Thor movies, Thor Ragnarok is my mm-hmm. least favorite. Yeah, um, even though I I think I think Taika Waititi <laughs> is a brilliant uh, director. I I think yep. he's he's very talented. Um, even as an actor, I mean, he's definitely got a lot of talent. Yeah. Um, but I I do not like the direction that he took Thor, and I think it can all be kind of summed up at the end when Asgard is destroyed, and and his character Korg, you know, is just cracking jokes yep. about it. You know, it's like, well, as uh-huh. long as the foundations are strong. You know, and then it blows up and he's like, oh, nope, it's gone. You know, yeah. and, and and I remember being in the theater and people laughing and I'm like, this doesn't feel like this should be a moment where people should be laughing. You know, yeah. like, I mean, <laughs> Thor, Thor and every other Asgardian on that ship just watched their entire planet be destroyed. Yeah. Like, this is like, this should be like a really somber moment for, for a lot yeah. of people. So like, why, why are we <laughs> laughing like that? And I know, and I, I, I totally agree, man. I, I think, I, I think you, you nailed it on the head. I think. You know, and I mean, a lot of this is just because of, you know, studio decisions on and, and marketing decisions, you know, that w- they wanted to cater to to an audience in which they could sell most tickets. You know, we, yeah. we, we they're going to make movies that are going to be even though PG-13, they're going to make it somewhat children appropriate. So it can't have that that edge, you know, that seriousness you know, the real life consequences that other movies have, like the movies we're going to get into, like Man of Steel, um, yeah. <laughs> that get heavily criticized by the critics, um, you know, but but are so different, so different in terms of their emotional weight. But yeah. um, Robert, great, man. Th- those were great answers. I really appreciate <laughs> it. That, that was a lot of fun for me. Oh, thank um, you. <laughs> before, uh, before we get into our Man of Steel discussion... I want yep. you to just take a minute and um, tell our listeners what it is that you do on Twitter because, again, this is how you and I met. And I started following you, I don't know, maybe a year or so ago because um, I I am I am a massive Zack Snyder fan and I am a massive fan of his vision for the DCEU. But I, I, I wasn't always that way. And it took me a while to kind of – to kind of – open my mind and myself up to what it is that Zach was trying to do and the stories that he was trying to tell and going back and revisiting his movies with that open mind. And, and ever since doing that, I was like, okay, we need the Snyder cut. We, I'm going to support everyone <laughs> online that I find. I'm going to hashtag release a Snyder cut all the way, you know, I'm supporting this and this. And then that's how I stumbled upon your account. Cause someone retweeted it. And I was like, holy cow, this is fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Um, but y- you run an account that essentially you take screenshots of Zack Snyder's DC movies and compare them to a comic a, a comic book uh, panels that are nearly identical to what Zack Snyder has made in his films. So tell, just go ahead and tell, tell the listeners... How I guess how you kind of got involved with this, what the history is, why you wanted to do this, and essentially what what it has become for you today. Okay, so um, what was happening was I was 
obviously on Twitter every day, hashtagging release the Snyder Cut. <laughs> and you know, you know what Twitter's like. There's so many people fighting on there all the time. And I don't like getting into fights. And uh, I saw, like, I kept seeing this thing. It was saying Zack Snyder doesn't know the comics. Zack Snyder doesn't know the source material. He doesn't Zach, understand. Zack doesn't understand Superman. Zack doesn't yep. understand Batman. Yep. Exactly. And I was, and I've been reading comics a while, and I was like, yeah, I, I disagree, you know. And at the same time as everybody was saying this, I was reading comics, and I was, as I said, I've watched. Batman v Superman hundreds of times, watched Man of Steel loads of times as well. And every time I was watching Batman v Superman, I would hear a line out of a comic book. And I'd be like, oh wait, I've read that. I've read that book. And then as I'm reading the book, I'll see a picture of something that happened in one of Zack's movies. And it, it got to a stage where I was like, there's literally hundreds of these that I'm seeing these comparisons. And I just thought, you know, all these people saying that Zach doesn't know it. And I was like, I, I think that they don't know it, you know, because he clearly does. So what I decided to do was like, put, as you say, put a screenshot of the movie and put a screenshot of one of the comic books that I'd been reading together and just put it up and just say, here's a quick comparison between the Zack Snyder's Man of Steel and here's one between the Man of Steel comic by John Byrne or whatever. And I would just write a, I would just do that. I'd write them out, a little paragraph underneath each one, and I'd, I'd put it out there. And it was literally every day I was doing them. And I just picked them out, and I put them out, and put them out, and people started following. And it, it was great. And then what happened was other people started sending me stuff that they'd seen as well, <laughs> and stuff that I hadn't seen. And I was like, how much of this is there out there? And like just now, I'm... I've fallen away from it a wee bit just now because I've been busy the past couple of weeks, so I haven't put one up now. Well, but I've got about three or four sitting waiting to put up, you know. And uh, at the moment, like I've got well over a hundred of these comparisons on my page. Yep. So if you go onto the Zach V Comics page and you just scroll through it, like you can see there are hundreds. There's literally over a hundred that I've got, and plus there's other people out there doing similar things, you know. And the the crazy thing is. People send me stuff like from, uh, like Smallville, like, like clips of Smallville, and things that Zach has done that they did in Smallville, similar ideas, you know. Yeah. And but I, I don't feature any of them because I'm just doing it from the comics. So there's, there's there's so much more from all the the DC folklore that's in there. But that's that's what I do, and uh, I've got I'll have to quickly mention a couple of my pals, Martin Solari and Alvaro. They they're a couple of guys that have helped me out tremendously with it. You know, they, like, if there's any, like, I always try and reference a comic, you know, so if I'm trying to, um, if I put up a picture of a comic, I try and give the creator a wee bit of credit, you know. Yeah. Um, and sometimes somebody will send me just a picture and I'll be like, what, what comic is this from? Because there's millions of comics. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, don't, I don't know them all. I know a lot of them, but I don't know them all. Yeah. So, like, those guys help me a lot. And uh, they'll maybe find what comic it's from, or they'll find other panels and say, "Have you seen this one?" You know, and I use it if if it's if it's usable, I'll, I'll put it up definitely. So that that's what I do. So I've got the the Twitter account and I've got the Vero account. The Vero account's actually a lot better because it lets me put up like up to eight pictures rather than four. 
so oh, I, can, nice. I can put up much more detail in it and there's no restriction on what the words are so I can put in a much bigger spiel if I need to so the Vero counts are a lot more detailed so if you're on Vero it's just the same Zach V comics or you can get it on Twitter as well I actually tried to put it on Instagram but I told you I'm a technophobe <laughs> so I, I, I really struggle because Instagram you can't put picture sizes Two two different picture sizes up the same, you know. Is is I I don't know. I can't figure it out. But yeah. I've put some up, and I've put some up on Facebook as well. So, well, I, I, I think I think between Twitter and Vero that mm-hmm. you you're using the right platforms because, uh, at least as it relates to people who are Zack Snyder fans, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they they know where to find Zack Snyder. Yeah. And he's not on Instagram <laughs> and he's not on Facebook, no. you know. So I, he he used to be pretty involved on Twitter. Uh, that was mm-hmm. back before, you know, everything went down with Warner Brothers, uh, you know, but now he's almost exclusively on Vero. So mm-hmm. I, I think I think having your platforms between Twitter and Vero, I think that's perfect. Um, yeah. uh, I don't know if you're getting <laughs> notifications uh, while, while you've been talking, but <clears throat> but I've been scrolling through just your content okay. because I wanted to pick a couple out that I, I, uh, I mean, gosh, because it's kind of hard to choose because I'm looking at. I'm looking at so many different tweets that you have mm-hmm. on, and the different panels that you've pulled out, but gosh, I mean, more recently, this was, these were some tweets that you made back in April of this year. Uh, it's a part one and part two. And this is essentially, you were comparing the opening scene of BVS uh, with, um, you know, the, the murder of, of the Waynes the um, yep. versus um, the dark Knight returns by Frank Miller. And yes. I am like, my mind is being blown, man. I, I mean, it's shot for shot. It's, it's literally scene for scene. It's like shot for shot and scene for scene. Yes, I mean, well, even da- the position of the bullets, everything, down to down to the 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 close up, which is something that I thought is very fascinating. Th- that and this is something I did I did recognize on a recent watch of BVS, and that it shows Thomas Wayne holding yeah. Bruce back, and then yes. his fist. His hand coming into a fist to clinch. Yes, like he is, Mm -hmm. you know, either he is going to try to stop what's about to happen, you know, or he is just getting extremely angry, uh, probably both. Um, But details like that, I mean, this is fascinating, really Mm -hmm. fascinating stuff. So, listeners, um, uh, and uh, this is on Twitter. Uh, Your handle on Twitter is at Zach, Z-A-C-K underscore no K N O W. So, or, or, or yeah, just type in, you can do a search for Zach, uh, Zach versus uh, Zach V comics and uh, people should find you there, but as, as at Zach underscore no. And then um, your Vero, is it, is it just search for Zach, Zach V comics? I, do you know, I don't even know. I think so. <laughs> I think it's just Zach V Comics. It is. Yep. I just looked yeah. it up. Yep. Okay. It's it's at Thank Zach you. V Comics. Yeah. No underscore, no space or anything at Zach V Comics on Vero. Um, so, uh, Robert, you're doing, you are doing the Lord's work, my friend. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm serious. I'm serious because I, I, I have never come across anyone that is doing what you're doing. And I think, I think one your message is loud and clear and you're not, it's not like you're trying to argue or get into, you know, you know, fits with anyone, but you, you're just showing like, like one Zach, Zach Snyder cares about the source material and he is honoring the source material from which he is getting his inspiration. And, 
and for exactly. anyone who thinks that Zach doesn't know or understand the comics, I, I, I think your your account alone will disprove <laughs> any of them. So, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I get that quite a lot because I'll see like I'll I'll have been tagged in a comment and I'll I'll go on to it and it will just be somebody that says Zach Snyder doesn't know the source material, he doesn't understand the characters, he doesn't know comics, and somebody will just say, "Please check out this account," you know, and that will yep. that will has been written on it. But um, I get that quite a lot. So it's quite good that people will get to see it, you know, and hopefully they'll change their mind about it and realise that it's not that he doesn't know, it's just that he knows it very, very well. Yeah. He probably knows it better than most people. Yeah. I don't think there's many that... The thing is, it's, this is the thing, is it's not just one comic he's used. He's used a lot of comics. And it's not like there's coincidences. It's not coincidence because, as you say, like... It's scene for scene, shot for shot, and so many things. And it, again, a lot of them are word for word. Yep. You know, so that's how you know it's not just coincidentally been put in there. Yeah, I, I totally agree, man. And and, uh, and again, I, one, I'm happy that I found your account. <laughs> we, <laughs> we've you. gone to meet. And two, yeah. I, I just, I, I really appreciate that that you you have taken the time to to really show fans out there and and even detractors just what we might be missing you know because you know a lot of us we can be fans of the movies we can be fans of Zack Snyder but I I think it 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 often kind of just goes right over us how how much time and care that he has taken to really honor the comics from which his stories have come so yeah really great stuff man so you know I I know you said you've taken a break I look forward to whatever work that you are going to be you know adding when you come back so Mm -hmm. here's here's hoping to more okay (laughs) (laughs) thank you (laughs) so robert the 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 I mean, I'm not the main reason. I, mean, I I wanted to get you on the podcast so we can uh, yeah. one I could get to know you more. Our listeners could get to know you, but um, one of the main reasons why I wanted to get you on is because we just recently celebrated the seven year anniversary of the release of Man of Steel in theaters, and and I just wanted to have a quick conversation with you regarding this movie. Um, you know, for me, it was it was not the first Zack Snyder movie that I saw. But it was the first time that I became more aware of Zack Snyder and Zack Snyder's style and talents as a director. And so for me, this movie, it wasn't my favorite superhero movie from the from the get go. I, I remember yeah. seeing this in theaters with my family and and for whatever reason, um, I I didn't. I didn't go back to watch this until it came out on Blu-ray and I bought the Blu-ray and then watched it again. And I remember sitting in my family room and, and watching this movie again and going, why did I not see this movie a hundred times in theaters? I think this movie is incredible. And so it took a little bit of time, but this movie really has become incredibly special to me. And, Mm -hmm. and it is my favorite superhero movie. Um, And I, I know you were referencing that article that I wrote, yeah. As a kid, Superman was was my jam. He he was mm-hmm. my favorite superhero. I loved everything about, you know, Christopher Reeve and his Superman and styling my hair as a kid, you know, to get the Superman <laughs> curl. curl. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. And so but but that love, that love of comics of superman of superheroes that all kind of died down as I got older like into my yeah. teenage years and you know, back then 
uh, n- nerdy and geeky stuff was not as cool as it is now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember that because I was the same. I, I remember like secretly liking stuff, but I was just like, I'll just not tell anyone. Yes, <laughs> yes. No, I mean that's essentially that was my childhood. Yeah. Unfortunately, as a sad as sad as it is to kind of look back at that and just say, oh. I wish because it's like in my adulthood, I've rediscovered like my love of all this stuff. Um, but but uh, uh, long story short, Man of Steel has become my favorite superhero movie. And so yep. I wanted to talk to you about this movie and just get your thoughts on it. And yes. Um, and yeah, just uh, I guess what uh, some of our favorite things about the movie, perhaps even what we can get into a discussion on, you know, the possibility of another man of steel movie with Henry Cavill, but, but let's go ahead and uh, yeah. Tell me, tell me your memories of this movie. And like, uh, do you remember seeing it in theaters? What are your thoughts on, you know, the first time you saw it and stuff like that? Right. So I am, um, I was late seeing this movie, right? What happened with me with man of steel was it came out in the cinema. And at the time I was having a real rough patch. I was, I was, um, I was with my ex-wife at the time and we were going through a, a bad patch and I had kids and like movies, we were, we'd, we'd hit a real rough patch with money and stuff. So like, going to the cinema was out, you know, it wasn't a possibility at that time. Um, so I kind of, I heard it was coming out and I was like, that would be amazing. I'd love to see it. And I seen the trailers and I was like, that would be great. But it was just, I had too much going on. So I didn't see it. And then I was at a party one night and, somebody says oh put on man of steel and i was like right okay fantastic and i thought everybody would be sitting down watching this but it was a party so everybody was talking over it and stuff and i could kind of see it and people walk in front of the tv and i was like this isn't the way to watch it and then eventually i got the blu-ray and i sat down and just myself with the tv and i seen it and my mind was kind of blown and the crazy thing was i i I'm trying to think if I can't remember when when it was I actually saw it. I can't tell, but it was when I saw it on its own for the first time. It was like the same as yourself. I wasn't blown away first. I was like, "Yeah, this is good," but I thought I need to watch this again to to really understand what was going on because I'm not the smartest guy. It takes me a couple of times to watch something, then I'll, I'll click. And hey, you and me both. Second time I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> the second time I watched it, it really started to sink in. And then, it, this is the thing, I don't actually watch a lot of movies more than once, but with Zach's movies I do, there's something about them that keeps me coming back to them and I keep looking into them more and more in depth. And I think it's maybe the messages they're sending out or whatever, but something resonating with me a wee bit deeper than a lot of other movies. And uh, that was basically what happened with Man of Steel for me. So I didn't get the the full theatrical experience but i would love to see that in the cinema again or for the first time same i I mean i would i would i would pay good money to go back and see this and and see it in imax i mean if i could go see this in imax that would be that'd be fantastic but uh that that is one of the things that i've recognized about some of these and i think it's more so with Zack snyder's comic book movies because you know, it, it's fun to go back and watch some of those other movies that he, you know, like Dawn of the Dead and 300, which I think, yeah. you know, even people that don't like Zack Snyder's DC movies, I still feel like there are a lot of fans of, you know, Dawn of the Dead and 300 and things like that. Yeah. 
Um, but, but something like Man of Steel, it, it is interesting how our experiences, it, it kind of has some similarities in that, that s- you have to really be invested in paying attention to what's going on to fully appreciate a movie like Man of Steel. And, and I think that's one of the things that I think will, will continue to allow this movie to age well, the older it gets. And, and, and I'm starting to see this with some other superhero movies. Not all these movies are going to age well. Some of them are going to feel really dated and it's not going to be that great of an experience going back and rewatching them. But, uh, I I have just appreciated so much how much more I enjoy the, mo- the like Man of Steel every time I go back and rewatch it. But um, um, it does age very well. It does excellent every time. But what other movies celebrate a seven year anniversary? You know, there's not many <laughs> no, that you no. get that they think, no. "Oh, this has been out for seven years. Let's celebrate it." And right, we do it every year now. You know, so that's that's the crazy thing. It's like. Again, like I said to you before, there's like, um, I went to cinema for the 30th anniversary of Batman with Michael Keaton. So, like, a 30th anniversary, yeah, but not not every year. You, nobody celebrates movies every year. Right. But people do with Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. Yeah. So it shows you the impact it has, and it shows you how many people are catching on because they're starting to go back to it and see, oh, this is worth a second watch. And then, as you say, with the Ultimate Edition of BVS, or just seeing Man of Steel, they'll start celebrating it. Yeah, and that that's that's something that I think, I don't know, I, I think there, there might be, it's almost as if the MCU has so many movies, it's like, which one are we going to celebrate, you know? Yeah. <laughs> or 22 of these Marvel yeah. movies, you know, that's in their, you know, connected universe and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, maybe it's the scarcity as well that really helps us appreciate, you know, the Zack Snyder movies. But, yeah, I, I mean, uh, you know, but a, a movie like Man of Steel, I, I I don't know. And even I think the critics are coming around to it. I I, I don't know mm-hmm. if you if you know who John Campy is. Um you know, but yeah. he, he, he's, he's uh-huh. a fairly, you know, well-known movie critic or whatever, um, you know, that he, he's, he's a known big Marvel fan, yes. you know, and, yeah. you know, uh, and Disney fan and stuff like that. And that's fine. I mean, I'm not, I'm not yeah. here to criticize anybody that likes those movies. That's fine. No. But I know that he was fairly critical of Man of Steel, uh, in the beginning. Yeah. Well, he just released a this YouTube video of essentially saying that man of steel is the most underappreciated superhero movie ever made. And I, really? and yes, wow. yes. And I know. And, and, and it fascinates me to see, because I feel like there are a lot of critics who were very, very um, critical of this movie, but are starting to sing a different tune. And, yeah. and it's just, it's interesting. It's interesting mm-hmm. because I think this movie, I think this is a great example of, of a movie that, you know, someone might watch one time and and you know write it off, but yeah, I I promise anyone if you give this movie a second chance, and and same with like Batman v Superman, I promise you if you didn't have a good experience with it the first time, I guarantee you, you will have a much better experience with it the second time. It's just I don't know, I don't know, and if maybe you watch the Ultimate Edition. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, um, I I did want to get your thoughts on some of the you know main points of criticism that I think a lot of people you know, point to, um, for Man of Steel, like, like the, the tone of the movie's too dark. 
Superman being too pessimistic, you know, Superman wouldn't do that, that kind of stuff. Tell me, tell me your thoughts on some of the criticism. And I know maybe we touched on this a little earlier, you know, talking about Spider-Man and stuff like that. And just, you know, your, your personal preference regarding, you know, comic book stories or comic book movie mm-hmm. stories and things like that. But, yeah. but what do you think about, you know, this criticism that Man of Steel gets on being too dark? Yeah. Well, I, I've got, um, as you say, I might be biased because I quite like darker stuff. You know, I just I just find it more interesting than the mm-hmm. happy stuff. I think, but I think um, I I don't think I don't really see Man of Steel as being dark. You know, all I all I see is a more realistic take on Superman, as if what would happen if Superman was really in this this um this universe that we live in. You know, not like uh, we fancy. It's not like. I, th- I don't know if people are maybe comparing it to the Marvel movies and because the Marvel mo- movies are so full of colour and happiness and jokes and then when Man of Steel comes out, they, they see it differently. They see, it, oh, it's, there's no jokes, you know. I don't know if it's that. I, I don't know if it's the dark theme or the dark tone of it. But you've, we've got to remember when Man of Steel came out, this took place after Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight series. You know, and that was set in a real life scenario, and so I don't think it's dark. I just think it's it's real. And for the people who say uh, about Superman's too pessimistic, I, I I wrote something down here about it because I've heard this so many times, and I thought, you know, if you think about this right, so Superman, you see in Man of Steel, he was bullied as a child, and he's not allowed to fight back. Okay. He didn't understand his x-ray vision. He ended up getting panic attacks and locking himself in the cupboard. He was struggling to find his place in the world. Like you see him going from job to job in the fishing boats and the bar. Uh, he has these incredible powers. He knows he's an alien, but he can't tell anyone. His dad dies in an event that he knows could have been uh, prevented, but he didn't. Then aliens from his birth planet have hunted him down across the galaxy. They've given him ultimatums. They're intent on wiping out the human race, which is his adopted race. They attack his mother. They kill loads of people, and he feels guilty for it. The world has suddenly found out that he's an alien when he wanted to keep it a secret. The army are suspicious of him. The town he grows up in gets destroyed. The city he lives in gets destroyed. Thousands of people die, and Clark feels like he's to blame for it. He ends up killing the last the last survivor of his birth planet. He can hear every scream, every cry, every whimper of everyone suffering. But people say that Superman should smile more. <laughs> you know? I'm like, are you, you for real? Are you serious? I've been nodding you know? my head the entire time yeah. you listened to all of this, just going, wow, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, oh, my goodness. So, and and the, the, the problem with this is, is like, if, if Man of Steel... Uh, was made realistic. This is the world that's happening, you know? And it's like this the world that we live in is not all sunshine, lollipops and rainbows, you know? It's not. So if an alien was discovered on Earth with superpowers and uh, it had and superpowered aliens had a fight to the death with them, like why would that be happy? You know, it's not right. a happy scene. Right. You know? It's like as as we said, if you go on Twitter today, you know, I could say the sky is blue and I would get a hundred people attacking me saying, no, it's not. It's an, it's an illusion of your eyes. You know, people aren't that nice. You know, they're not that happy in reality, you know? Yeah. Um, so you'd actually have to change the whole storyline or script to change it, right? But if you did change it to a happier version, you know what you would have? You'd have Superman Returns or Justice League. 
because that is what yep. everybody's asking for. Yep. But nobody, literally nobody I know likes those movies. Right. So it's I, I don't understand the criticism. It's like you either have a, a kind of more realistic take or you have a nostalgic take that doesn't work in today's world. You know, in the yep. 70s and 80s, there, it, there was a lot more innocence than there was nowadays. And we know because we, we lived through, well, I lived through the last year of the 70s, but um, we lived through those kind of decades. And nowadays, is people say what they mean, and, you know, it's, it's a lot harsher environment, I believe. Um, so I think you'd, you'd, you, you need to make up your mind if you want. About, do you know what we've got? It We've got your Marvel movies or you've got your DC movies, you know, and that's the way it was until Justice League happened. So I think... I don't see why anyone would make it um, try and brighten this movie up. It's, it's not a it's not a happy movie. But in saying that, it's filled with good moments that, that give you hope and inspiration. Yes, you know? yes. So yes, it's, well, it's a you, tricky. Oh, well, you know, you just you just nailed it. You nailed it because I think I think that that is what I've taken away the most from from uh, uh, from Man of Steel is mm-hmm. that. It might not be a happy movie, but it gives you hope and it is inspiring. And I think yep. I think those those are the key characteristics of what Superman should be. Does he yep. give you hope? Does he inspire you to do better and to be better? If Superman does that, that is Superman. Superman's not there to make you feel all fuzzy and warm and happy and smiling. Like, no, he is the hope and inspiration for the people that he is serving. Like, yeah, you you nailed it, man. You nailed it. Uh, you nailed it. You. No, you really did. And I, I, I honestly, I don't think I could have done any better myself to describe <laughs> what what I think Zack Snyder was going for. And this is a quote I wanted to read from Deborah Snyder. This was actually pulled from an interview done with her after Man of Steel. You know, just kind of addressing a yep. lot of the criticism. And she says, "quote That's the great thing about our Superman. He is more relatable." Someone said, "It's so dark," and I go, "Well, is it dark?" He's going through real problems that we go through as people every day, just like the problems you just listed, Robert. Mm-hmm. To me, that's not dark. That's life. We're complicated exactly. people, and we're making him in that way more relatable. See, that's that's why they're making the movies. Because <laughs> that's, that's just perfect. Absolutely perfect to me. Yeah, now you really nailed is. it on the head, man. I, I, I'm, I'm happy you brought up a lot of those uh, those. Um, I mean, essentially, you just <laughs> listen to everything that this guy is going through, and you ask, uh-huh. you know, you ask anyone. Okay, say you're you're going through maybe half of the things that Superman is going yeah. through in this movie. Are you gonna I, be smiling and happy the whole time? No. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, that, that's the thing. I know people that like somebody gives them a dirty look and they're, they're angry the rest of the day. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and then you look at what he's been through, and you go, "Well, he's managing to to hold it all down somehow." Yeah. 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 Oh no, goodness. That's, that's really good, man. So well, here, let's, let's, let's pinpoint some of our just kind of favorite things from the movie. So on the outline that I sent you, um, Mm -hmm. I asked if you have a favorite scene, do you have a favorite scene in the movie? Uh, My favorite scene is the tornado scene with, oh, oh, I know with Johnson Kent. Yeah. That is so powerful. It's like so powerful. It's like the fact that Johnson knows that Clark could save him. And Clark knows that he could save Jonathan, and they don't. And at the same time, it's like uh, they realise that Clark 
uh, Johnson realised at that time that Clark was too young to let his powers be known. Yep. And he's willing to make the ultimate sacrifice and he, he's going to die and they all know it. And it's when Jonathan Kent puts his hand up, holds it out and he's like, no, no, don't, don't. And you're oh. And then, then the waterfalls start in my eyes. You know, I just start crying. I'm like, oh no, yeah. no, this can't be happening. It's heartbreaking, but so powerful. And Kevin Costner's acting is amazing. He's just, I, I think people forget what an incredible actor he was, he, or is, sorry. But in that that scene, it just, it's perfect. He, Absolutely perfect. Yeah, I, I think he is the perfect Jonathan Kent in that. I think that, that scene alone gives you one of the main messages of the entire movie and that that a, a lot of this movie is about about learning to trust and yes. that and that Jonathan Kent knew that Clark was not ready to to take on this burden and that he wouldn't be ready until he trusted humanity you know mm-hmm. and and I mean, it's such a beautiful scene. And I know this is another scene that gets criticized because why, why are you going to let Jonathan Kent, you know, Jonathan Kent die? But, but see, but a lot of what, what a lot of people didn't understand about Zack Snyder's DC movies is that th- these were going to be contained stories within the movies that he was going to create and that yes. not everybody was going to live, you know, mm-hmm. it's like in BVS when, um, um, Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> yeah, <when> Olsen <laughs> dies. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and they're like, two minutes, you're like, what? Right, right, exactly, exactly. But that's a great scene. So my my favorite scene in the movie is, and for me, this is the one that really just hits me emotionally. But it's it's the terraforming scene when when you know the oh. uh, the the terraformer is you know pounding Superman into the ground and he's you know weak and you know almost not even able to stand. But when he stands and it and it does that wide angle shot. And you see Superman as this tiny little figure being yes. beaten down, you know, uh-huh. by by the terraformer. The gravity pulling him down. Yes, yeah. yes, and and it you know does that close up on him, and it, it shows his face looking up. That entire scene, the music from uh-huh. from Hans Zimmer. Oh my gosh, incredible! It, it, incredible. Yeah, that that's do, that's my favorite scene of the movie. Do you know as well that that scene? Uh, going back to my my wee Zach V comics page, there's. One of the references on that, I'll tag you in it so you can see it. Yeah. But it's it's taken from Superman Earth One by J. Michael Straczynski and oh. Shane Davis. And you can see like there's a well that's basically almost exactly the same. And you see you see the cars smashing and getting crushed, you know, in the movie. That happens in the comic as well, you know. So um I'll tag you in it and you can see it. It's on my page and uh, again that's another one that's very what comic specific is very comic accurate. Yeah, you got to tag me in it because comics are the things that I'm. I over the last few years I've been getting more and more into comics and just trying to educate myself more in the history of comics and things like that. And so, yeah, definitely tag me because that's that's a comic I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'll probably go out and buy that movie just or no. the, that comic just so I can see how it relates to the movie. <laughs> oh, that Superman Earth One is so like Man of Steel in so many ways because it's not a happy smiling Superman yeah it's, it's a kind of different take on him yeah and you see he, he actually says at the end he's like I've got to put on a mask and you see him smiling at the end to try and look as if he's happy and nothing's getting to him you know <sighs> and uh, it's it's outstanding and it's like there's the big metropolis gets abs- absolutely destroyed in it you wow. know um there's there's a, a villain Tyrell who's very 
is that you, you actually find out later on and further on in the series that he was sent to Earth by Zod. Yeah. And it's, he basically says the same thing that Zod says. He's like, I've travelled across the galaxies looking for you. Reveal yourself, you know. And it, they, they're hunting him and they're, they're not going to stop until they get him, you know. So it's... it's it, and, and, you know, as well, the way the, you read the comic is the way Zack Snyder made the movie Man of Steel because it's constant flashbacks like to his youth and then back to his childhood and then back to now and you know the way that Man of Steel jumps about that way yeah it, the, the comic's written that way as well it's, oh, dude, it's, that's so great that's so great yeah, it's, a, it's a great <laughs> great great graphic novel it's excellent there's three parts to it um, and they're all I love them I yeah, I've read them a few times. Yeah, no, tag tag me in, and I'll, I'll I'll retweet it. You know, so for any of our listeners who are following me, um, you know, I'll 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 make sure to reference you, and then uh, and I'll give you a retweet so we can see see your work on that. Oh, that's great, man! Fantastic, thank you. <laughs> so here, let's kind of let's kind of wrap up our discussion on Man of Steel because I do have a couple questions still uh, yep. on you know what's going to happen maybe with Zack Snyder in the DCEU, but okay. So tell me tell me your overall thoughts on what the Superman character means to you and maybe your just overall thoughts on Man of Steel and what that movie means to you. Okay. Um, what Superman means to me, I just think he's like, it's, how can I put it? It's like inspiration, really. You know, it's just inspiration and hope. Um, I think he's, he's like, if you think about him, he's like, he's a minority figure that looks out for the majority right and wow that's great he's, he's someone that takes the weight of the world on his shoulders and he's he's got these strong really strong morals and always tries to do the right thing and whether he does the right thing or not it doesn't matter because he, he's trying to do the right thing and he always puts other people's needs ahead of his own he's totally selfless his whole life is dedicated to helping other people or defending other people and to me like the s itself it literally has become a symbol of hope yeah because when i watch man of steel whatever and like you know see if i have like a a dilemma if i'm like oh what do i do i think to myself what would superman do and that would be the the kind of route that i try and take to try and figure out what the right thing to do would be you know and so that that's basically what superman means to me you know that's awesome man that's so great Uh, that's really great okay and then uh, just give me kind of your overall thoughts on man of steel um I just think it's the it's the beginning of the greatest franchise that I think there's ever going to be and ever has been. Um, because I think Man of Steel is such a masterpiece. And then I think Batman v Superman is also a masterpiece. And I expect Zack Snyder's Justice League to be a similar level. Nobody knows, but I don't see it taking a drop. You know, it's just, it's been so well-crafted. It's so intricate. It's so... I mean, like, you, there's the, the comparisons between Man of Steel and between Batman v Superman. And if you look at those comparisons, like at the, oh, what's it, the, when Mankind's introduced to Superman, you look it up on YouTube, the comparisons between them, it's done second for second. Yep. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's identical. And I've, not, I've seen, I've said this before, I've seen movie making where somebody takes a, a drink of water and they put it on the table it flashes away and it goes back and the the water's going up and down throughout the whole scene, you know? But he's doing a a scene where aliens are fighting throughout the city and stuff's falling at the exact same time, you know? It's incredible. So, uh, um, to me, Man of Steel, it's like 
a, a movie that really gave people hope. And not I'm not talking about the accelerated hope and optimism that they go on, but, but real actual hope. Because I've got friends that have been feeling despair and depression, and that movie has turned their life around completely. And I, I mean that. Like, I've spoke to people who have said to me, "Look, that movie has saved my life." So it's a moving to me. It's a movie to me that makes it gives you a lasting impression, and it can be rewatched over and over. As you said before, every time you see it, you can pick up something new. You can learn different lessons each time you watch it as well. And it's again, it's the most comic accurate depiction of Superman we've ever seen on screen. The visuals are incredible. The fight scenes are amazing. The acting's brilliant. The score is perfect. Uh, the story's excellent. And for a comic book fan, what Zack Snyder's directing is outstanding. And for me, it's like the total package. Um, it's like it's got hope, inspiration. It makes you cry. It makes you get motivated. It takes you through so many emotions. I don't. I don't think. There's many better movies out there, but in saying that, I actually think Batman v Superman is better. So, so it's like to me, Zack Snyder somehow topped it. <laughs> I don't know how he did, but he did it. It's just, it, to me, it's incredible, and that's why I, I love these movies. They're just so inspiring, and and the thing is, I've seen inspiring movies before, but not as well made and not as um, meticulously made. Like the detail in these movies is is beyond anything i've ever seen well said robert well said and i think that's a great segue into my last couple questions so obviously last month we got the incredible incredible almost miraculous announcement that (laughs) we're actually going to get Zack snyder's cut of (laughs) justice league something that i i honestly did not think was a possibility within the next five years i I honestly thought if we were ever going to see it it would be after Warner Brothers has given a reboot to their DC movies, you know, the, the, uh, all the, you know, kind of fervor of the release of the Snyder Cut movements kind of maybe died down a little bit. But the fact that we're getting it and we're getting it within the next 12 months, likely, I, I, that's what my mm-hmm. assumption is. I think we'll see it yeah. probably before next summer uh, is is so incredible. So give me give me your thoughts on on the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League, the, the announcement, and well, I guess what was your reaction when you found out about it? <laughs> <laughs> right, well, um, to be honest, it was like I was watching the stream and I, it was it was a huge relief to me, to be honest, because for what Zack and his family had been through, they were, they were basically kicked when they were down at their lowest point. That was what I could see. And that was one of the main reasons I was like, I really want to see this movie because they went through a terrible injustice. Yes. So I wanted them to get their justice, to be honest. And like you could see Zach really wanted his version of the movie through the posts he was putting out in Vero. And I'd been on Twitter for every day for the past couple of years saying campaign and hashtag release Snyder Cut, asking Warner Brothers, asking AT&T, HBO Max, the Warner Media, everybody sending letters and sending videos, everything to try and try and get this cut out and I felt you I felt as if this probably won't happen and it was just there was nothing we never heard we never heard a word from Warner Brothers for years so it was as if you're banging your head against a brick wall right, time. and right. it was just they, they just didn't it, it was so frustrating at times because I was like look at all the people see if you go on my Twitter timeline my timeline is filled with people every day for two years requesting we want to see a Snyder Cut and I'm thinking you know, they bring out movies every day that people haven't asked for, yet they've got this massive base 
wanting to see this movie. So when Zach finally, in fact, do you know, it was when he brought Henry onto the stream, he brought Henry Cavill onto the stream, and I started to believe this this could actually happen. You know, <laughs> I was like, this could actually happen now, you know? Right, and I then, mean, he was the only one, he was the only one uh, that had not yes. said anything, you know? Exactly. Yeah. But when, when Ben tweeted it in uh, October, was it? Or yep. November, I can't remember. No, November, when, yeah. Yep, when Ben tweeted it in November, I was like, I was I was I was close to tears. I might I might even have cried. I was like, oh my god, because you know Ben Affleck had went through with it. So, but there was nothing from Henry. And then when he came on, I was like, well, well, what? And uh, I've do you know I've actually got a video of it because I was filming it for one of my friends, uh, Lord Koji, who's an absolute saint. And um, he was working, and he's like, oh, keep me updated. And I started filming it. I was like, Henry's on, Henry's on. So I started filming it, and uh, I've actually got my reaction because. He turns, he turns the screen on. It says Zack Snyder's Justice League HBO Max 2020, and just this noise comes out of me. <laughs> it's just like it's just like, Ooh! you know, it, it makes it. It was and it went on for ages. I was like so excited and so relieved. Just the fact I was like, it's done. You know, we we managed to do it. We yeah. managed to yeah. get this out, and they, or, well, not us, but Zach managed to get it done. You know, yeah. And it, it was just finally there's justice for Zach and his family. And uh, and it, it wasn't until after, like, a couple of days after, I was like, we're actually going to see the Justice League now, yep. the real Justice League, <laughs> the way it was meant to be seen. And uh, I, I still can't wrap my head around it. And I, I don't know how many times I went back and watched the original Justice League trailer that came out to try and see what we're going to get, you know. And even I've heard the stuff like that it was compromised and that, like, apparently doesn't say... Um, I hear you can talk to fish. That bit wasn't of Zach's trailer, but he was asked to put it in and stuff. Hmm. And I'm like, do you know what? We, I think what we're going to see is the totally uncompromised version, the exact version that Zach wanted us to see. And his movies have been cut up so badly so many times that I don't know if we've ever seen a full movie of his that wasn't untouched. Even the Ultimate Edition of BVS, I know there's stuff in the trailers that wasn't in the Ultimate Edition. So I'm like, what, there's more, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. this time I think we're actually going to see the whole thing and uh, I couldn't be more excited. Yeah. I'm just thrilled, absolutely I, thrilled. I'm I'm telling you, man, I, I was on cloud nine for like a week straight, just just mm-hmm. buzzing, just so yeah. excited for, <laughs> you know, for that announcement. I, I, I think I think collectively it sent a shockwave through through movie fans everywhere. Even if you're not a fan of Zack Snyder, everyone knows what the release the Snyder cut (laughs) movement is because it's everywhere. Like you can't avoid it. If you're on social media, you see that hashtag pop up everywhere. And so the fact that it's actually happening is so incredible and so exciting. Um, But let's, let's end with this. Let's end with this. So there's a lot of, you know, there are rumors on what this could mean potentially for the future of the DCEU for Zack Snyder, what Zack Snyder's involvement it could be for the DCEU, even how, how Justice League might be presented to us on HBO Max, because right now it was even said that they're 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 considering, you know, whether or not putting this out as a single movie, which would make it like a four or four and a half hour movie. Because I, I know the assembly cut that, that Zack which is all the footage that Zack took, was like five and a half hours long. So he has tons of footage, right? But that He's also been hinting toward that his 
his cut of Justice League was 214 minutes long, which is like three and a half hours, right? So yeah. I'm assuming, I'm assuming when it's all said and done, if it's a movie, it's probably going to be maybe four hours long, right? I mean, this is a massive movie. <laughs> uh, that's, we're, we're approaching Lord of the Rings extended editions, you know, like some yeah. of the longest movies ever. <laughs> um, or that they're even going to do it as like a, a six-part miniseries. So uh, my my question is, is what what would you prefer? Would you prefer it as a movie, a full movie? Would you prefer it as a miniseries? And what do you think this could lead to if it is a success if hbo max says wow we've gotten lots of new subscribers people are signing up they want to see this movie um what do you think the potential is for Zack snyder in the dceu so those are my okay. questions right okay so um i the format of the movie if it's a movie or tv show i'm not really bothered either way as long as we get to see what Zack wanted us to see I know it's going to be good. You know, I know it's going to be good if it's in a movie format and I know it's going to be good if it's in a, a series format. So I'm really happy either way. Um, as far as it goes with Zach and what else is coming, you know, I think I think it depends on the success of it. I think, and I think it will be a huge success. I don't see, with the amount of people I see campaigning for it all the time, I don't see how it couldn't be a success. Um, and as long as the people who have been campaigning for it actually go and subscribe to HBO Max for when Justice League comes on, then it will be a success. The only problem I see is if people start pirating it or whatever, yeah, then that, uh, that yeah. could be disastrous. It could really be disastrous because HBO have, thank God, they've taken this, what they see is a huge gamble. They're pumping extra millions into it again like tens of millions are putting into it. So they need to get something back in return and they need subscribers. So if everybody that said they were going to subscribe does subscribe, then I don't think it'll be a problem. The problem is if they don't. But if they do subscribe, I see it as if it's such a big success, then I think Zach could finish his whole five-part movie arc. You know, I think, and I think that would be the logical thing to do. And that would be, if, if if I could have anything, that is what I would like. I would like to see that. I'm happy to get the, the Snyder Cut itself, Zack Snyder's Justice League, but the five-part movie art is what I would love to see. That that would be my ideal um, outcome as well. I, I, you know, and I want to just emphasize what you said. It, it, for any of our listeners, if you guys are remotely interested in seeing Zack Snyder's Cut of Justice League, sign up for HBO max. You know, I, I, you know, you don't, don't, you don't have to sign up for it right now. If that's the only thing you're interested in seeing sign up for it when it comes out, don't pirate this movie. We got to show support for Zack Snyder for the movie. Got to show HBO max and Warner brothers that like there is serious, serious interest in what Zack Snyder is doing and what he was planning on doing uh, for potential sequels, because that's, Mm -hmm. that's what I would want to see. I I'm with you. I want to see the completion of his original storyline even if it, I guess, it, you know, I don't know if we were ever going to see because he said that he had a three part Justice League. Well, we know that Warner Brothers was had already convinced him to change it to a two part. So parts of his story was maybe compromised. But if he took enough footage, if there is enough there that he can go back to his original story and say, this is what I wanted to do. 
and there's a massive cliffhanger. I, I can't imagine that there won't be. There has to be a massive, massive cliffhanger to everybody that will be watching it when Justice League ends and we're watching on HBO Max. Our jaws will drop. They'll be on the floor and we will be screaming for more. That yep. and and I and I I just I don't know. I just hope that happens. I really do. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to see what his ultimate plan was because yeah. I just think it'd be incredible. <laughs> I, I, I think you're right because he's smart. He's so smart. He knows that he can't just round up at the end and nobody will be asking for more if if he leaves it in a cliffhanger. Yep. Everybody and I think from what we heard, what was going to happen at the end of Justice League, it was going to leave on a real cliffhanger. So. That's what I don't want to spoil it in case anyone hasn't heard what it's meant to be, but um, it's, it sounds amazing. So, and I think as well, the more people that sign up for HBO Max, then there's more more chance of getting David Ayer's Suicide Squad out and Ben Affleck's Batman v Deathstroke oh, movie, which would be as well. incredible. Oh, oh my, my lordy lordy! Yeah, that would be insane. That so, would be incredible. What, those type of things and more of that um, what the the theme of this universe like the the Snyder verse if you will, like more content from that kind of style and that the more we get of that the happier I'll be if I see if we get all that stuff I'll, I'll die happy you know I'll really will. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be amazing <laughs> oh Robert I think that's a great that's a great way to end this podcast man yeah. um no so it will, and I'll, I'll, I will say this. I know, I know HBO Max is not available in the UK. So for you, Robert, I know it's not something that you can sign up for now. But I believe, I that by the time that Zack Snyder's Justice League comes out, it, I'm I'm positive that HBO Max will be made available in the UK. It's kind of like Disney Plus. When Disney Plus came out, it was made available in the US and Canada first. Like you couldn't uh-huh. get it anywhere else. I don't know why. But then within six months, I think Disney Plus became available almost everywhere in the world. And so I would imagine that sometime next year, HBO max will definitely be something that people in the UK can sign up for. So, mm-hmm. um, well, do you know, my, my plan is when, uh, Zack Snyder's justice league comes out, I'm going to send money to one of my friends in America to buy a subscription under my name in America. <laughs> and then they can just give it to one of their friends that can't afford it. So that's my plan. And if everybody else around the world decides to do the same thing, Get somebody you trust in America, do the same thing, and then it will be a huge success. Because if it goes worldwide, we'll see it anyway. You know, we will. We'll all eventually get to see it. Yeah. And then, so I think that's what we still do. That'd be a great idea for me. That's fantastic, (laughs) man. That's fantastic. Well, Robert, it has been a pleasure. Like it's been a real pleasure talking Zack Snyder and Man of Steel and everything else with you. It really has. Um, but well, listen, th- thank you very much for having me on. I really appreciate it, and also it's been great to talk to you, Andre. And because uh, I, I like listening to your podcast, so it was really good to actually be on it this time. Um, and also, I said to Ella, thank you again for what you mentioned my wee page on your article, how I changed my mind about Batman v Superman. So thank you again for that as well, because I've never got to say to face to face, you know. Uh, well, you you are so welcome, man. I, and I, I mean, I, I feel lucky enough that I get to see the content that you're creating and, and just learn more about, you know, Zack Snyder and, and his his love of comics and how he's honored those comics through movies. And so um, keep up the great work, man. But why don't you let, let, let our listeners know one more time how they can, uh, you know, follow your content online, where they can reach out to you if they want to get a hold of you. 
Yeah, on you, you'd be better telling them because I can't remember. But <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Twitter Zach V Comics and on Vero Zach V Comics. Again, there is an Instagram page. It's only got a quarter of the content on it just now. It's Zach V Comics and on Facebook again about a quarter of the contents on there. Zach V Comics. I will update them eventually, but the the Vero is the main one. If you get on Vero and follow me on there, it's much more detailed. It's much more. Uh, much easier to see there's there's more depth to everything that I put up so if you want to add me on there feel free be happy to have you on there perfect well Robert once again thank you it's been a real pleasure hashtag release a Snyder Cut listeners thank you so much for listening thank you so much for downloading today's episode uh, and remember sign up for HBO Max support the Snyder Cut Justice League and and let's let's see this happen let's see this happen but um on behalf of robert this is andre backseat directors and we'll see you guys next time the backseat directors theme song is let's go to the movies by ozo motley you can find the album ozo motley presents ozo kids and all of their other music on itunes the Backseat Directors podcast is available to download on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, and most other podcast platforms. Join the conversation online and follow Backseat Directors on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. It's movie day. Yeah! The time has come. Uh, uh. So many different types of movies we can all choose from. There's action, adventure, animation, and comedy. There's sci-fi, and westerns, and classics, documentaries. Uh, so many options, so much variety. There's a perfect movie for you, and him, and her, and me. Uh, so find your seat in the perfect row. Sit back, relax, kick up your feet, and turn off your phone.